Brother Ray, the autobiography of Ray Charles. This was the last book I read in 2020, and it was one of the most inspiring and definitely the most entertaining book I read all year. Ray Charles is just an absolute legend. Just a legend. It's such an honor to have read his life story. It's incredible. Just legend. Brother Ray is written as if he were speaking. So it it sounds like him. It's very it comes across as very authentic. Ray Charles was born in 1930 in Georgia and he he grew up in the deep south at a very young age. So he he grew up in the country. He was a country boy like me. And he grew up in the segregated and racist south and grew up very poor. He didn't have a father. He had two mamas, as he says. And so one mama was more strict and the other one was a little bit more lenient, but he was closer to the one who was really strict and, and very disciplined. His brother died when he was five. He saw him drown. So that's a very traumatic experience. And then at the age of like seven or eight, he starts to develop glycoma in his eyes. And because they're, they're just like in a poor area and it's the 30s, they don't have the health care to, to take care of that. So slowly he becomes blind. Ray goes to the school for the blind like, like 30 miles away from home and he's there by himself. And it's so, so weird. He talks about how like nonsensical it was at a blind school to segregate white kids and black kids. Like it doesn't make any sense. But this, this whole time, he, he was really interested in music. There would, be, um, there would be this old cat that had this cafe, and he would go and play on his piano. And he just loved being there all the time and just playing it and then listening to records and the radio. And he, it, it, it just was him. He loved it. So he kept pursuing it. When he was age like 15 or 16, his, his mom died. She was 32, so very young. And he just felt like the lowest lowest he experienced in his life. After his mom died, he went off on his own and just pursued music. So he moved to Tallahassee and just would play gigs. And before she died, um, as he was becoming blind, she didn't want him to feel sorry for himself. So she treated him like a normal kid. Uh, and, and while everybody else looked at him like, oh, this blind kid, oh, you know, gotta feel sorry for him. She's like, no, no, you need to be prepared because I'm not gonna be here always in life and you need to survive, figure it out for yourself. And so that's what he did. He just moved to Florida, first in Tallahassee, then he went to Jacksonville, Orlando, Tampa Bay, just playing gigs, just playing music all the time. And he's blind and he's, he's move, he has to move around these cities by himself and he's independent. And, uh, but then after a while in Tampa, he, he wanted to move somewhere else because he, you know, he looked at cats in, uh, Chicago, New York, and just like all over, and he wanted to go to a bigger, bigger area. And he had his friend pull out a map of the United States and then point to the farthest away in, in, from, from uh, Tampa. And he obviously he couldn't see, but it was Seattle. So he moved to Seattle all by himself, and he's, he's poor, he's broke, and uh, he, just, he just goes there and figures it out. And then he's gigging there, and, and being out of the South, it kind of opened his mind to like things that were going on in the South. And, and then after a while, like he talks about in the book how his career, it was slow and steady. 
slow and steady, consistently growing because all he did is just play music and get better and better and better. And he was determined to do so. There was never like a point where he had a hit and then all of a sudden his career just took off. It wasn't like that. And you know, reading it kind of made me understand. I, I kind of understand because in Chicago here, a lot of people I know are musicians and they just gig all the time. So like every single night they're playing music because they're getting better. And by getting better, then all of a sudden you start landing bigger and bigger gigs that pay more and more money. So by the time he's in Seattle, he's starting to get some of these bigger gigs and he goes to LA and he does a recording. And so his career is, you know, it, it keeps going on the incline, right? And he's blind. He's a blind musician and he goes around the cities and people wonder, like, they worry about him. But, but he talks about in the book that there are three things that he needs. All he needs to do in a city is figure out uh, where to eat, because he's got to eat, so the restaurants. He figures out where his hotel is so he can sleep at night. And then he figures out where the gig is so that he can work and make money. And those are the only three things he needs in life. And it's just those three things. I just love that. The thing I was most curious to learn about is how a blind man sees the world. What What is his perspective? And Ray Charles, what I learned is that he saw the world with his soul. And it's interesting because society sees with their eyes. And seeing with eyes, you see differences. You see differences and limitations. Whereas Ray, he goes inside himself and he just sees the world as like humans and like the human experience. And it's really interesting because the rest of the world, society looks at him like he has a disadvantage. And he did the opposite. He turned it into an advantage of his. And it reminded me of this book, um, David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell. And it's about what, what is often perceived on the outside as a disadvantage can be turned around and used as an advantage. Another example would be like Ivy League schools. We think it's such a, an incredible thing to go in Ivy League school, but the problem is that, well, a disadvantage of it is that you're surrounded then by people who have always expected the highest. So all of a sudden you're competing and you're not, you're comparing yourself to everybody around you rather than the overall. And because it's so cluttered, there's less opportunity. You can go to a smaller school and you can do everything. You can have an experience and learn about everything rather than being pigeonholed. Not to mention like the East Coast pretentiousness of uh, Ivy League schools. That's just my opinion. Because Ray didn't see all the differences, he just pursued what he loved. Music was what he loved. And so he listened to, to jazz, blues, gospel, um, country music. And so like when he, he made a country album, it was perceived as this big deal because it was the first like black person to perform country music. And he was just like, I like this music, you know, so I'm going to pursue this. And as an artist, he just wants to keep learning, keep growing, keep getting better. So he's influenced by all these different types of music rather than pursuing like, I'm going to be the best jazz musician. No, he just like builds, he builds a foundation and then just adds on top of it. 
And then so it's interpreted as, as like new and original. Um, he's, he's credited as the person who invented soul music. But really, he's just doing what he loves and just putting out music that he loves. And it reminds me again of um, uh, this book, The Art and Music of John Lennon. And I read this book the week before the Ray Charles one. And the main takeaway I got from this is that like true artists, they, they write about their experience and what they love. And they put out original work. And so you can see the, the similarities between Ray Charles and John Lennon. Just pursuing what they love. It doesn't matter who made it or whatever. Listen to your heart, your soul. What does your soul tell you? And I love that. Ray Charles is just this shining example, this American icon of what humans are capable of. And by believing in oneself and being determined and working hard, what you can accomplish. And by not listening to society and what everybody else is saying, because while everybody else is chit-chatting and focusing all the, all these differences, this person's over here working, working on their craft, just seeing the world with love and kindness. And I think that's really inspirational. So I'm, I'm so proud to have read this book. I should mention that uh, he likes women. <laughs> he, likes, he likes women a lot in this book. And uh, it's very real. It's very authentic. And this book it was just a, such a pleasure to read. I could, I could never uh, put it down.